Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hello, Spartan Nation. How is it going? Welcome into episode 39 of MLive Spartan Confidential Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Champion, joined once again by Michigan State football beat writer Matt Wenzel. It is Wednesday, July 14th, 2021. It's another preview day as we continue to get you all set for fall camp, which is inching closer each and every day. I, for one, cannot wait. I, Matt, I, I caught myself staring at the schedule yesterday. I was, I was getting hyped for games like Fresno State and UConn and UCLA and Hawaii and Illinois and Nebraska. But uh, <laughs> Big Ten media days are on the horizon. You, got, you getting excited? Yeah, it uh, feels like it's almost starting to be real. So next week we'll be in um, Indy for uh, Big Ten media days. Talk to Mel Tucker and as yet unnamed uh, players there. So it should be interesting. And we're really, um, you know, we're less than a month away from the start of camp. And I know you'll be tuned into UCLA Hawaii on that on August 28th, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't stay up too late these days for games that I don't have to worry about, but I might watch some of it. But, but there is a big 10 game on that week zero or whatever they call it in Illinois and Nebraska. That's kind of fun. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, not exactly a marquee a game, but <laughs> No, I'll watch a little bit of it. I, I, you know, those for that first taste of football every year is always interesting. So, I, you know, I'm not going to get too crazy about it, but I will watch for sure. I'll, I'll handle the crazy part. I'll just sit yeah. there and locked in, and if I miss it, I'll watch the extended highlights on YouTube because I'm a psychopath. Uh, but any, any, <laughs> anyways, uh, if you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, it would very much be appreciated. So we got a couple more there, and uh, those always help the podcast. Just helps more people find us, helps more Spartans find us, helps other Big Ten fans find us, maybe if they're looking to do a little little scouting of our beloved Spartans. You can also check out our work at MLive.com slash Spartans uh, and hit us up on Twitter with any questions. So uh, today, as I said, going to be another preview day. Uh, we're going to touch on the pass catchers today. We did running backs and quarterbacks last week, so you can find that in our feed uh, if you didn't hear that. And Matt's stories are also up on MLive. Uh, Matt posted wide receivers and tight ends already, and actually I think I saw the line, the offensive line preview was up too, but we're saving that for another day. Um, but before we get into that, uh, we did get a, a notable commitment this week from uh, Jack Nickel, uh, three, four-star boy. I think he's a four-star on some sites, uh, tight end from, from Georgia. Uh, looks like he's the number, what, 23 tight end in America. Uh, 6'4", 230. By all accounts, a, a great get for Michigan State here, Matt. 
Yeah, so this was, I think it was not long after we finished the podcast last yeah. week. It was Thursday, but um, <laughs> yeah, of course. But uh, no, I mean, this is a guy that, uh, you know, they, he was a former Notre Dame commit. Um, Michigan State, you know, has put a big emphasis on Georgia in case that wasn't obvious. They got four commits from Georgia among the 14 guys in the class. So that's really telling. But um, he, they had brought him up for an official visit the first weekend of June, the first weekend that was allowed after the dead period finally ends. So that showed you their interest in him and his interest in them. And I talked to him ahead of the visit and I talked to him after the visit and um, smart kid. Um, but he, he really liked the, uh, the, he enjoyed the visit to say the least, obviously, but he went with his dad um, who played, uh, who was a tight end at Stanford and his little brother, who's a rising um, recruit. He's going to be, he, he's just going to be a freshman in high school this year. So you're not going to, find a, you know, a star ranking or anything, but he's a quarterback and um, already on Michigan state's radar. So I think that was kind of neat that they could bring him in and, and, you know, with his dad and then his brother who they're pretty much recruiting already, uh, even though it's well down the road. And, you know, he said he, he was really impressed by the campus. So it was nicer than he thought it would be. Um, he liked, uh, he, he got a good feel for Mel Tucker and said that that was a really, you know, cool coach. Um, and he likes the way that Michigan state's, pitching for their role for him, which is to be, you know, a complete tight end, not just a guy that blocks, not just a guy that can pass and can't block, but, you know, the guy can do both. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he took, ended up uh, after Michigan State, he took trips, uh, visits to Virginia Tech Cal. I think he camped at LSU, too, in between there. Um, but uh, ended up coming into Michigan State, so they got their second tight end. That should definitely closed tight end for them in the, uh, in this recruiting class. And yeah, he's a good one. So uh, as of now, he is the second highest ranked player uh, in their 2021 um, class. And and he's joining Michael Massinus, who is the three-star tight end from uh, Arizona, played at the same school as, as Nico. Right. So that's, there was, that was kind of, yeah, there was a, (laughs) yeah, there was something there, but obviously uh, they went a different direction at quarterback with, with Hauser. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it is interesting to see how recruiting's changed a little bit. Not that Michigan state never recruited um, Georgia under Mark and his staff. They did obviously, and they got some, some good players out of there, but um, just a little different. I think we see with, with the connection Mel has down there, obviously coaching down there and um, with some of his assistants um, and their experience down there in that area. So you're seeing it uh, the way their, uh, their recruiting class is taking shape this year and, and then last year as well. Yeah. I'm just looking at uh, his offers, uh, Jack Nickel, that is, I mean, yeah, you mentioned Cal Virginia tech, you mentioned he was committed to Notre Dame, but I mean like lots of power five here, Boston college, Colorado, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisville, LSU, Maryland, Miami, NC State, Nebraska, Northwestern, Oregon, Penn State, Purdue, Vanderbilt, Wisconsin. I mean, this guy was – I mean, for a three-star, he's got a lot of offers out there, which tells me that teams like his upside, like his ability. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of his his film. I don't know if you have, Matt, um, but, I mean, does he – project as as sort of like someone who could come in and maybe be a pass catching threat or a maybe a red zone threat or someone that could turn into an all conference type of guy or well I mean I think you it's it's really always really different. I mean I think yeah he's a good pickup I like his I like his film but you know without seeing full games <clears throat> excuse me um, you know, it's really hard. These guys don't build their own highlights. I've said this before. <laughs> you're, you're the stuff you're seeing on Huddle is the stuff they want you to see, you know. So, <laughs> but no, I mean, he is, 
Yeah. I mean, we'll see, um, you know, and it was really, I think tight ends just such a difficult position oftentimes, you know, to make that leap to mm-hmm. uh, from high school to college. Cause how many college, how many high schools truly use a tight end the way they would be used in like a pro style office where you're blocking a lot. A lot of these guys are basically receivers just with more size. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and it's picking up that blocking component that is, that you see as being really difficult. Um, I, when you were making that adjustment, but I think, you know, he's definitely got the frame to do it. He's an intelligent guy. Like I said, his dad played tight end at Stanford. So I mean, <laughs> uh, that should be serve as a pretty good foundation growing up, but I, you know, I like his, his stuff, his highlights. So yeah, we'll see how he can make that adjustment at Michigan state, but definitely a high upside. And they have really, you know, you know, Matt Seibert had that one great breakout season as a fifth year senior out of nowhere, really. Um, but other than that, um, you really got to go back to 2016 um, when they had a really an impact tight end making, you know, putting up big numbers. And that's mm-hmm. something that's been lacking, but we can touch on that <laughs> a little bit later. Yeah, we certainly will get to that in the tight end preview. And Matt, I knew that was an unfair question when I sent it your way. Sorry for that. <laughs> so that's asking, okay. you, asking you to project like four years. Is he going around. to be a first round draft pick <laughs> in three years? So, yeah, and we will talk more about tight end uh, in a little bit here and also wide receiver. There was one other thing, man, that I noticed that we just – I got to address this, man. Like, I saw Mel Tucker retweet a story yesterday about Ron Burton being, like, ranked as a top 10 D-lineman. Can we not – write stories based off big game boomers tweets please like i know this twitter account has gotten popular and people are getting all worked up over it but this is just some random dude ranking people like that's not a legitimate source and i see like usa today writes a story oh ron burton ranked as top 10 d line coach according to random Twitter account named Big Game Boomer. Like, listen, I have written lots of stories. Matt, you have too, where we aggregate, you know, like a big news source, ranking someone here, whatever. By all accounts, Ron Burton's a great coach. But come on, we can't be just writing stories based off what anyone, anyone's rankings on Twitter, right? Like, come on. Yeah, uh, just ignore that crap, please, <laughs> for the love of God. I mean, no, I know people like lists. You know, it, it's a big popular thing because you just, you know, that's source of conversation. But I don't care what the some random Twitter account says. It's garbage. So for some I reason, everyone Ron does Burton care. A, <laughs> Ron, Ron Burton is an excellent defensive line coach. Um, he has twice won that uh, defensive line coach of the year award um, since being at Michigan State. So I think that's and the players he's helped develop says a lot more than some random Twitter account. So yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. He's a great coach. End of story. <laughs> well, it'd be nice if Mel would retweet some of our stories every once in a while instead of just. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I'm not going to tell Mel how to use his Twitter account. Just fine and on his own. He's usually fantastic on Twitter. That's just something that caught my eye. I'm like, yeah, love Ron Burton, love Mel, but come on guys, this is, we're stretching the, the lines of what's actually a news story here a little bit. And as someone who's stretched the lines of what is a news story plenty of times, trust me, I know where the line is and this is over it. Anyways, just a little thing. <laughs> Big game boomer must be stopped. That's all I'm going to say because way too many care about what this guy is saying. Uh, I would like a name to know who this is. But anyways, moving on. We're talking pass catchers today. Let's start with the wide receiver room, Matt. Uh, should, by all accounts, probably be one of the strongest position groups on the team. You got uh, Jalen Naylor, 
who was the Michigan State's leading receiver last year, 26 catches for 515 yards uh, and four touchdowns, averaged almost 20 yards a catch. Jaden Reed, the transfer from uh, Western Michigan, freshman All-American, who we thought would make an impact. I would say slightly disappointing season for him, 33 yards, 407, or 33 catches, 407 yards, uh, and three touchdowns, so some production, but uh, I think we were expecting maybe a little bit more from him last year. And then Ricky White was third on the team with 10 for 223 and a touchdown, but most of that came in one game against Michigan. Uh, tight end, there wasn't a whole lot going on. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but Matt, uh, there's some good depth behind these guys as well as as well as some interesting newcomers. Uh, let's start with the guys they got coming back on the roster before we dive into the newcomers. Um, I mean, by all accounts, should be a strong group. Yeah, I mean, I would say between receiver and uh, defensive line, this is depending on how you want to break up D line. If you want to split up between tackles and ends, either way, uh, I think that you know receiver is about as strong a position as they have heading into the fall with a lot of a lot of unknowns and how this is all going to work out. But yeah, I mean, well, I mean, what you saw last year was Jalen Naylor was actually able to stay healthy um, for the first time in his career. You know, you'd only played twelve games over two seasons and you, you, because of injuries and and you. You saw the flashes, you know, at Indiana in 18 um, was definitely one of those days, the Purdue game and Rocky's first start. Um, but, you know, he stayed on the field and, and he was a big play guy. So, um, you know, his speed and you know, the speedy nickname is something that definitely <laughs> has been used plenty since being there. But he was a, you know, a state champion sprinter at Bishop Gorman in Vegas and, and it showed on the field he was able to get behind uh, defenses and, and he had a big year. Um, he just struggled with drops. That was one thing. Uh, I think he had five, which was a team high. Jane Reed, I think he had a he had a strong, a solid year. I, I don't, I would disagree. I don't think it was a disappointing year. I think you you go to the Rutgers game and the two fumbles he had, that was disappointing. You don't want to see that from a guy that you know you expected a lot of. Um, but other than that, I think he was solid. I think part of some of the limitations were you know they had inconsistency at quarterback. You know. Quite frankly, it was yeah. You know, I guess they only played down se- year and, I guess they only played seven games too, right? Or yeah, so, so or six yeah, games. You, so. well, the statistics for a year like this, you know, they always come with an asterisk. Uh, but yeah, I think he had he had a he had a good solid year. Plenty to you know, he, not that he can't get better, but something to build on. You know, when you're making the leap from from Western to to MSU and playing in the Big Ten, which is the reason he changed. You want to play at a higher level, um, and we saw he's able to do that. Um, then. After that, yeah, Ricky White had the one big game. He missed, you know, some games due to injury. And they were, Trey Mosley, another guy that missed some games due to injury. So they really – it was really, the, you know, a top two. And then whoever they could, you know, kind of plug in after that, we saw Montori Foster and Terry Lockett Jr. both play as true freshmen. Neither of them really did much. Um, but they were on the field, which, which says something. So I think going into the, the fall, you've got, you got Jalen, you've got Jaden. Those are your top two. And I think they have the ability to be one of the better duos, you know, lead in, in the Big Ten. Um, and then after that, we'll see. They're really are looking for that third guy to emerge. And I think what you're, one of the things you're really looking for is some height to the group, which they really didn't have. I mean, it's basically a bunch of six six one guys is what they were relying on. And you saw them kind of address that in the off season um, with, you know, they only signed one receiver and Keon Coleman, who's six, four, you go to the portal, you get Malik Carr, who's a receiver slash they could do use him at tight end. We'll see how that works. Um, but it's six, five, two thirty, I think. So there's some size there. And then Christian Fitzpatrick from, from Louisville, he's six, four. So um, I think adding that height helps, especially if you lose Trayvon Morgan to uh, Kentucky, which say that uh, that might be, 
between him and Jack Olson, when you're losing a kicker of the future and you don't really have too much um, certainty, um, I think that's, you know, one of the bigger losses just because Morgan had, I think you saw they potentially had the Penn State game, you know, guy that's six seven can go up and get the ball. Um, so, yeah, adding some height helps. So, uh, oh, I'm kind of rambling here on the uh, receivers. No, but uh, I think you've got some, like, guy like C.J. Hayes who missed the year. He comes back. you got experience. You know, he's a veteran guy. Um, you know, he can go up and get the ball if needed. Um, same with Trey Mosley, who I think, I, you know, I thought there were times where he looked really good, especially as a true freshman, the pinstripe bowl. He had some big, mm-hmm. some tough catches. So, yeah, I think there's promise in the group. And we'll see really how, you know, with Coleman coming in and Fitzpatrick and Carr, how they use him, kind of what, what this – how this group really sorts out because they got, they got guys just, you know, who's going to take the top spots, the top spot next to Naylor and Reed. I guess I was looking at those two names you mentioned, uh, Trey Mosley and CJ Hayes. I was kind of looking at a little bit more before we started recording because uh, I mean, CJ, where he's a fifth year senior now, right? We, we, I think we talked Mm -hmm. about him last year coming into the season that we kind of had him pegged as maybe like the number four receiver, obviously couldn't, really improve on that at all because he was hurt all season. Um, But I feel like we've seen him on the field before. And then Trey Mosley is another guy that I think has flashed a little bit. So I guess if I was going to handicap it, I would say one of those two guys would be the most likely to step up at number three. But like, obviously Ricky White is the big wild card here because he wasn't there at the spring game. Uh, We had heard injuries. I've heard so many rumors about Ricky White, all field stuff. We got the whole thing where Jaden Reed posted a picture working out with him back in the facility. So maybe he's back with the team. Have we gotten any clarity whatsoever on Ricky White? Because obviously no. he, became a Michigan, <laughs> he became a Michigan State legend overnight. <laughs> no, we have not gotten any clarity. We'll find out. I mean, that'll probably be a thing where next week, um, you know, if he was on the spring roster. We didn't see him during the spring um, the open spring practice, obviously, Mel didn't address um, the reason for um, any of those guys really being not being in uniform. Although some of them were quickly explained as they were in the portal like two hours after the spring <laughs> for the open spring practice ended. So, um, but no, I mean, well, I'm sure we'll get an updated uh, fall roster here. Probably, hopefully next week. Maybe it'll be they'll wait till camp starts. But Mel will certainly get asked about it. And uh, I'll go from there. But yeah, I mean, Ricky, I thought that, you know, he, the performance against Michigan obviously was, everybody's going to remember that, but it was really impressive, especially for a guy playing his, just his second game of college football. So um, yeah, high upside there. We'll see um, where, you know, where he is uh, within the team um, soon. And then, yeah, after that, CJ Hayes, he's your, you know, basically your veteran in the room. Um, I think it was foot surgery that kept him out last year. So uh, definitely a guy that can step in there. Same with Mosley. Like I said, he, he made some tough catches as a true freshman and then, you know, kind of set back by injuries last year. And uh, maybe it was Mo. I know there were a couple of times where it was clear that Jalen uh, Naylor and Rocky Lombardi weren't on the same page. For some reason, I'm thinking yeah. there were a couple of instances like that with, with, couple with of the Mosley and, and Lombardi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, that all kind of blend together, but um, yeah. Uh, Definitely, uh, I think, again, this is, this is a position that should be a strength for them. Um, when you go back, I, I looked this up, uh, you know, a couple – this was the last offseason, I believe. Um, they went – Michigan State went 30 straight games, uh, it was, I believe, without a, a completion of at least 50 yards before the pinstripe bowl. Um, with, uh, it was uh, Trent Gilson that had that long catch from, from uh, Lewerke, and then they had seven of at least 50 yards last season. So – I mean, I, 
that was obviously the highlight of the offense was stretching the field vertically to his credit. Jaden Reed said that would happen before the season began. And you're like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, but he was right, you know, and, and Naylor had four of those from at least, from at least 50 yards plus a, a 45 yarder, I believe as well, a touchdown against Northwestern and then two by Reed, one by Ricky White. So um, that was the best part of the offense was getting going over the top. And, um, you know, I think they have the potential to do that again this year, especially if they can get more consistency at quarterback. Yeah, and we've seen Jalen Naylor make an impact in the running game as well, uh, either through end, end rounds or, yeah. or jet sweeps. You know, I don't remember did. if they did it as much last year. Though. I don't – I'm trying to recall that. I don't think – I don't think they did at all. I don't remember – I mean, if they did, I don't recall it. I mean, every, I think every Michigan State fan is a, is a huge fan of uh, the jet sweep offensive attack that they used to run. Um, Looks like Jalen Naylor but, uh, had two carries for 11 yards last year. So it did happen. Okay. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's tough with those two because they started using the uh, back when it was still Mark running the show, they would do the pop pass. So that way, if they screwed it up and you, and you know, it was, it was an actually an incomplete pass instead of it being a fumble. So, mm-hmm. um, you always know, kind of a little skewed to the statistics, but yeah, I guess I'm just drawing a blank on trying to remember him actually, you know, being used in that way. But obviously again, really quick guy. So the potential is, is certainly there for him. Yeah, you just want to get the ball in, in the hands of guys like that. And, yeah, thank Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes for that little pop pass thing because it's become the yeah, whole yeah. – it's become a whole dang thing. I think he throws, like, five throws with quote fingers, like five touchdowns a year doing that to, like, Tyree Kill or Nicole Hardman or someone like that. So it's definitely become a thing. And as we see, you know, they, the, if it happens in the NFL, we get the trickle-down effect to where things start to happen mm-hmm. in lower lower levels. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Devlin looks like coming into the season wide receivers – uh, are guys that can make some plays on the team. And uh, obviously that's tied to the quarterback play, which we talked about last week. So um, it'll be interesting to see which quarterbacks develop chemistry with which guys. And if there is a situation where we have qu- two quarterbacks playing uh, maybe simultaneously and then you, maybe you got one guy that has – I mean, that's the fear, right? You now you have one guy that has a stronger connection with someone else and then you try and bring in another guy and then that guy's groove gets thrown off and all of a sudden the whole offense is out of whack. So that is a risk. When yeah, you, and when this you is, can... yeah, and this is a little bit of the version of Michigan State's version of did you know Matthew Stafford and, and Clayton Kershaw went to high school together. Um, it's that with, with Peyton Thorne and, and Jaden Reed. So you do have that connection there. <clears throat> they grew up together. They're, they've been longtime friends. Um, in addition to playing in high school together, they work out together at home. They were doing that recently. Um, we saw that posted um, from Jaden Reed back in Naperville. So, yeah, there is an, <laughs> and it goes without saying that those two have some chemistry and an obvious connection. So, um, that said, I don't think you're going to see Peyton Thorne just completely lock on to one guy. But, I mean, those two obviously have the chemistry in that, you know, that can't hurt them in that respect. Yeah. Another another uh, token in the hat for Peyton Thorne being the starter there. He's got a strong connection with your mm-hmm. potential number one wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, wide receiver definitely looks like a strength. Um, and I think Michigan say, you know, Matt said, you know, last year, Stretching the field, particularly against Michigan, had some good throws against Northwestern. Some other games had some big plays. Uh, hopefully see more of that uh, coming up this year. So let's move on to tight end. It's a position that really the last couple of years, uh, especially last year, was basically non-existent. I mean, if you you look at the guys last year playing tight end, you know, Matt Dodson, nine catches for 107 yards, no touchdowns. Tyler Hunt had eight catches for 78 yards, and that's a former punter. 
also no touchdowns. So you're getting no red zone threat whatsoever from tight end, which as we see across college football and across the NFL, uh, if you have an elite tight end, uh, that can make plays in the red zone, that is huge for your quarterback to have that safety blanket, that big target you can just give it to uh, in the red zone. Michigan State definitely lacking that last year. <laughs> Excuse me. You mentioned Matt Seibert, 26 for 284 and three touchdowns two years ago. So that was good. Uh, pretty much came out of nowhere with that. Uh, coming into this year, tight end pretty much wide open, right, Matt? Yeah, I mean, that's the way I see it. Um, had Matt Dotson returned – um, then, you know, he would be the veteran, he'd be the front runner. But even if he was, if, even if he had come back, which initially Mel Tucker said he was going to take the six year, um, but he wasn't with the team in the spring, you know, even if he came back, you know, it'd still be one of those deals where you're like, all right, well, he's got the most experience, but it, it is still kind of wide open. So, you know, the way I look at it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Trent, Trenton Gilson, um, you know, he's the guy that you s- just kind of seen these, these glimpses um, I remember watching him prior to his senior year. He was at Michigan State's recruiting camp. He was already committed at that point in time. But I remember seeing him being like, wow, impressive. You know, granted, you know, he's going against other high school kids who probably aren't at his, weren't at his level. He was a four-star recruit. But I, I, you know, I had I thought he was going to come in and, and, and be a difference maker. Um, and it just seen glimpses of it. He just, you know, it hasn't really come together. Um, and part of it, you know, it's, you know, it is sometimes it is, you know, developing chemistry with quarterback and how you're using the offense and all that stuff. Plus, he had missed some games due to injury last year. Um, Tyler Hunt, um, you know, by all means, deserves a ton of credit for being athletic enough to go from a walk-on punter to being, flat out, a starting tight end in the Big Ten. Um, that said... <laughs> When your starting tight end is a six foot three walk on former punter, Yikes. I don't know that that's really a great sign for what's going on with the rest of your guys in your room. You know, if you got four star guys on there on your team, and you know, star rankings, you know, throw them out the window or whatever. But you know what? You know what's going on there. Um, so that's you know, I don't know. That just kind of stands out. Can Tyler Hunt contribute? Absolutely, and again, deserves full credit for being able to do so this guy was a quarterback in high school um but I mean if you got Trent Gilson you got Adam Berghorst you got some of these other guys I mean you'd like to see some of them make more of an impact Berghorst you know six seven you know that's a, you know obviously a big target pitcher on the baseball team but he was brought to Michigan State to be a defensive end he hadn't really played tight end since I think he played like a couple you know some snaps like his junior year of high school um, so there's a learning curve there and he's played two years and, and he has no, no catches. He was most, he was mostly as a blocker last year. Parks Gissinger, one catch in, uh, well, he's going to be a redshirt junior this year. He had the one catch was in the pinstripe bowl when they were without Seibert Rosenthal got hurt, and they were basically down the list, uh, you know, down the line of tight ends, but another guy who came as a, as a defensive end and before moving over. So a lot to sort out in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you have the new guys coming in with, with Cameron Allen being an early enrollee from Texas. Um, he impressed quickly in January. So I think the, there's a high upside there. He just, you know, really it's the blocking component again, learning, getting that down. And they added, uh, Powers Warren, uh, Kevin Warren's son. Uh, he's a walk-on, um, from, uh, Mississippi state. And then, um, I mentioned Malik Carr earlier, if they, if they decide to use him like as a tight end, but yeah, really, I mean, it's, 
again, go back to what you said to start. It's, it's rather wide open room. Um, they did thin it out a little bit in the off season, but um, I really, I mean, any one of those, any one of those guys, you know, that, that we've mentioned um, can step up and take over that top spot. It's really just completely toss up right now. And I'd say I put my money on Gillison, um, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at his recruiting profile right now. I guess I didn't realize that he was that uh, heralded as a Ford. I mean, number 12 tight end in the country in the 2018 mm-hmm. class. Uh, he's got size. And, yeah, against Wake Forest, you mentioned four catches for 88 yards. Showed some good run after the catch ability in that game and then basically disappeared last year. I mean, last year, I mean, I, I was a little hard on Jaden Reed earlier. But, you know, I think that we – and I forgot this a lot, especially during basketball season. Last year was just absurd. It wasn't a real season. You know, it was ridiculous. So no, it I wasn't. think we got to cut these kids some slack. I mean, it just wasn't a true real season. So I think we got to see what these kids can do. The, yeah, I thought Gillison, man, after that Wake Forest game, I thought coming into next year, he was a guy that was going to take the next step. And he's already a redshirt junior now. Like, so, I mean, you would – you would expect him to be the guy that would step forward. Do you have a sense at all of which way they're going to go with Malik Carr? I mean, I assume that's another thing you'll probably ask Mel next week, huh? Yeah, that'll be, that'll be something to figure out next week. And I think a lot of it, you know, it is funny by the stuff you hear, like when they put out the release of the, uh, the guys who joined the team in uh, May, um, include, you know, the transfer additions and the, the couple of the new uh, freshmen, <laughs> the little bios for everybody. Everybody had a position listed except Malik Carr. <laughs> so <laughs> that kind of is an indication like, yeah, I mean, so you can see, all right, yeah. So they're going to try, maybe they want to use them at tight end. We'll see. But it really it's, it's how this stuff works out on the fly. You know, I mean, they, they experiment and you know, this isn't like a complete, like Brandon Wright where they, you know, dabbled with him a little bit at defensive end last year before, you know, he stuck at running back. Now he's back at the end. You know, that, that's a little bit different than whether you're, and really, they might, it might be some stuff you have to tailor just to the individual um, and kind of how they fit with the offense and what you want to do specifically. But, you know, Carr was a top 200 recruit from Oak Park. Um, you know, he had the offers and obviously a basketball player as well. And, and um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they're able to do with him. Um, but he's definitely a big, a big addition um, to say the least, and for an offense that desperately needs, uh, <laughs> desperately needs to, uh, to improve uh, if they want to be a, su- a successful program. Yeah. Two, four, seven, and Malik Carr is the number four tight end in America in the, uh, in the, in the mm-hmm. t- 2021 class. I mean, that's or 2020 class, I guess. Uh, so that's, I mean, come on. Like you got to think this talent uh, wins out eventually. I mean, if, if guys like Malik Carr and Trenton Gilson can't beat out a former walk-on punter for reps at tight end, then like you said, we got a problem. So hopefully with more of a regular se- uh, off season and a regular uh, fall camp and just, just more regular everything, uh, things will start to play out a little bit more uh, than they could. But I'm open to just anything happening with the pass catchers this year. I mean, there could be a guy that came out that comes out of nowhere and, uh, and puts on a show as we saw with Ricky White. I mean, who knew who Ricky White was before the Michigan game last year? I mean, you probably did, but like people, yeah, but people like who, you know, I didn't know who he was. I cover, I like to think that I follow the team pretty closely, and I didn't know who Ricky White was. So uh, <laughs> you never know who's going to pop yeah, up on some was, of these college rosters. Yeah, but he was a guy that he, you know, he transferred. Uh, he 
Georgia guy, um, transferred and, was, and put up big numbers at one of the better programs in, in the state. So he was definitely a guy that I was aware of. That was one of the better um, gets that Mark D'Antonio and his staff had down the stretch that last recruiting class. So, um, yeah, he was, I mean, the potential is certainly there. It's just, you don't, you're never going to say, you're never going to expect a true freshman to come in and can't wow. predict that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. yeah, I mean, that said, you know, there, there's, Wide receiver, I think, is they got a lot of guys. There's a lot of talent there, and tight end is just kind of well. There's guys there. What's it gonna? What's what are we gonna? What are they gonna make of it? Because it's really unclear who's gonna who's gonna emerge from that group. But um, well, two months, less than two months, it should be uh, become a little clearer who the best option is. Right, right, and yeah, and I, I guess I didn't really start following football recruiting, especially very closely into like 2019, 2020. So <laughs> there was just too many guys for me to care. But now that I do this podcast, I'm like, I better start paying attention to football recruiting a little bit more. But <laughs> yeah, don't pay attention to every offer they put out there. That will drive you crazy. Yeah. They offer 300 and some guys a cycle. So, um, yeah. you know, they're <laughs> basically the percentage of guys they offer for what is committable offer is, is, is ridiculous college football recruiting is is silly in that respect but you know who everybody else, does basically the same you thing. know who, you know who else puts out 300 offers a cycle juan howard <laughs> well yeah i mean most 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 that's just the way it is i mean that's why a lot of programs are so i mean some program you'll see stanford offer fewer guys you'll see northwestern offer fewer guys um but uh yeah that's just the nature of the beast these days so Right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our pass catching preview. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Matt, what's, what's coming up next in the previews? You going to the big uglies now? Yeah. Did offensive line for today, defensive line after that. And then, you know, just work the way back to the, you know, back in the defense linebackers secondary, and then uh, eventually get to special teams because everybody's dying to know what the depth chart is at long snapper. So uh, kicker yeah. you six-star kicker coming to Michigan State you know you were talking about the depth Jack love, Olsen lady. Love, what are you talking I, about? I love the I love the six star that they give uh, <laughs> in the kicking sites uh, it's fun but no I mean special teams would be interesting because they really uh the future is gonna I don't know you know they got they got they got some it, it'll be interesting as fall let's put it that way so We'll get there eventually, but uh, appreciate everyone for listening today. Matt, thanks for joining me. Appreciate it. Uh, you can check out uh, his work online. It's on MLive.com slash Spartans. I think the offensive line preview just went up uh, as I see looking at it now. So you can get a little preview on that. We'll obviously touch on that on the pod more. That's a position that, again, could be in flux and needs to improve a lot. So looking forward to that conversation. Again, if you could please like, rate, and review the podcast, it would be very much appreciated. Check us out at MLive.com slash Spartans. Uh, looking forward to it, Matt. We're getting closer. Big Ten Media Days next week, you said? Yep. Awesome. Two days in Indy, so wow. we'll see how it goes. Is that going to be the name of your memoir someday? Two days in Indy? <laughs> no, it's just, it was always in Chicago every year, but um, they moved it this year after it being uh, off last year. So I would imagine it'll be the same deal. The you're gonna hope tell that the air conditioning is turned down to like 46 degrees. So you have that nice difference between 90 something outside and, and stepping in the freezer inside. Same thing every year. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to your coverage. Uh, so yeah, everyone, thanks for listening. Appreciate it. And until next time, go green. <laughs>